Again, welcome to worship. My name's Scott. I'm the pastor here at GRX, and we are here to affirm and lift up. Thanks, Mark. Here to affirm and lift up that God is an awesome God, and we worship Him. And I don't know where you come from. Some of you guys might be visiting here for the first time. Some of you guys might have been coming to GRX for 12 years. But we come as a community to worship and gather and affirm that God has a plan for your life, for you to prosper, for you to know Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, and for goodness to reign in your life. Now, we're in the middle of a series right now called Why the Church? And the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at why does the church gather? And we gather to affirm that Jesus Christ is the Lord, that God is real, and that his son Jesus Christ came to forgive our sins and to save us from our sin and from death. And so we've been looking at that the last few weeks. What is it to be a follower of Jesus? What is it to be a, to be a Christ follower? And then today we're going to look at community, that the church is gathered to be God's community. Now to start off, I just want to share some cool community news. A number of you guys know Jeff and Helen Liao. Jeff's on staff here. He's our director of operations. Well, last night, Jeff and Helen had a baby boy, Jeremiah, born at 415. And so, yeah, we can celebrate that. And so they are doing well, recovering. Um, Actually, Helen did all the hard work. Jeff was just kind of there. I don't know. Jeff's just kind of sandbagging. I don't know. He's just kind of, nah, Jeff, love you. Love you. Um, I got to talk to him about that after. But they are doing really well, and that's great news for the community. So Jeff, Jeff and Helen, that's where they are this morning. But as I was thinking about the community, and I was thinking about where in our lives do we have community? Where in our lives do we find community? It struck me this last week. Our family went to the Oakland A's game. And uh, we went last week, and uh, if you guys are sports fans at all, you know that the Oakland A's right now and the Los Angeles Angels are locked in a huge race to try to get to be first place in the American League West. Right now they're tied, and they've got a game this afternoon. Uh, it's at 5.05, and uh, it's, I'll just tell you, it's important to me. Uh, so we're going to end service so I can get home to watch that game. But we went to the A's game, and Evelyn and the kids and I, and they were playing the Mets. And I was sitting there, and I kind of had an epiphany. I kind of had this great spiritual revelation at the A's game. I'm sitting there in section 225 with a whole bunch of people that I don't know, but we are community together. And what made us community together? We're wearing the green and gold... We're sitting there eating jalapeno poppers and other greasy food that's bad for you. And we are rooting for the Oakland A's, the Oakland Athletics. And when they come up to bat and they get a hit, we all cheer. And when they make a great play in the field, we all cheer. And we are all community together. Um, When it becomes the bottom of the seventh inning... If you're a baseball fan, you know how this goes, right? Everybody stands up, 
and you sing that great spiritual hymn <laughs> that baseball players have been singing for decades, we all stand up and in one voice we sing, take me out to the ball game, right? We all sing together and then we all sit down and we keep rooting for the A's. Now, now there was one guy in our section that was wearing a Mets uniform. And so we were like, ugh. And whenever the Mets would hit, you know, score or make a good hit, he would stand up and cheer, ah! But he was all by himself. (laughs) Definitely not community with us. But we were nice. You know, we didn't throw things at him or anything like that. I just, I just kind of gave him the evil eye. It's kind of the stink eye. But what, what was going on there? We were all community together, and we were all encouraging on and cheering on and rooting on our beloved Oakland A's, who are, by the way, playing at 5.05 today. So I just want to catch that. So you guys can root on the A's with me. Community, right? Community. What is going on there? And we're going to look at a passage today that underscores this idea of community. But that, the, it, but that the Christian community, that the church community, is the body of people that cheer one another on. That we encourage one another on to live as Christ followers in the world. We encourage one another on, we cheer one another on to live the way Jesus Christ wants us to live. Not in a game, but in real life where it really counts. So what we're going to do is we're going to look a little bit at this passage out of Hebrews chapter 10. If you've got your Bible there, or you've got it on the device, you can read it. It's also going to come up here on the screen. Hebrews 10 verses 23 to 25. ESV basically means English Standard Version. That's the version that we're reading out of here. So it says this. Now here, it's writing to the whole community. It's writing to the community of Christians. It's the church. It's what it means to be the church community. The Bible says this. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. This great passage, this great encouragement passage is a passage for us. I'm going to tease out a couple of things here, really three reflections on this. What does it mean to let us hold fast to the confession of our hope? What does it mean to stir up one another? And then what does it mean to encourage one another? as we live as Christ's followers in the world. So the first thing, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. So to unpack that a little bit, the confession of our hope is simply Jesus Christ. Let us hold fast to Jesus Christ. Now, you ever wonder why the church gets together every week? And why we gather every week. And if you've been here at GRX for a while, we sing some of the same songs. 
And if you've been here for a while, you hear either me preach or you hear Pastor Ali preach, you pretty much hear us preach the same message. We pretty much preach Jesus Christ all the time. And you think, well, I heard that last week. You guys are telling us to follow Jesus, to love Jesus. We sing songs about how awesome God is. We sing songs about how God is faithful to us. Why do we do that week after week after week after week? It's because it's the way that we hold fast to the confession of our faith. When we live the rest of our lives Monday through Saturday, I don't know how your week goes, but I know that people that are living out in the real world have real stresses. They experience real obstacles. And they experience real opposition. Sometimes that opposition is simply what does it mean to live a Christian with integrity and honesty? When people that are your bosses are there asking you to maybe cut corners here for a profit, maybe they're asking you to live in that gray area of the economics because Making money is the bottom line, and that's the company you, li- you live in and work in. But as a Christian, as a Christ follower, you're saying, you know, I have to live with integrity, and I have to live with faith. But if you experience that kind of pressure at work, that's, con- that's opposition, that's struggle. And that's why we need to gather as Christians every week to say, we worship a God who calls us to live at a different standard, a standard of faith and integrity and truth-telling in the world. You might go through your week and you might experience a different kind of struggle. It might be a health issue, something going on in your life, something going on in the life of somebody that you love. And you just, if you're physically ailing and you're hurting, and you're just, you just have chronic pain, it is easy to feel hopeless. It is easy to just feel like, man, my life just feels dark. And I just feel like, man, where is the light at the end of the tunnel? And that's where, in times like that, when we're struggling physically with illness and we're just feeling low and we're just on the edge of just depression, that we need the Christian community around us to gather and we come and we affirm that God is our healer and that we can hope in God and we can gather together with one another and pray with one another as the Christian community to say, yeah, I I just am feeling really discouraged, but will you pray for me? Because I need to lean into your faith that God will bring healing and goodness out of this physical pain and this trouble and this struggle that I'm going through right now. Will you pray for me? And that is the way that we as a Christian community can hold fast to the confession of our hope. That when we experience struggle, when we experience pain, that we as a community gather week after week after week to affirm that, yes, 
Jesus Christ is Lord, that yes, Jesus Christ has a great plan for your life, for wholeness, and for healing, and for salvation, and for light to come into your darkness. We sing that together, we affirm that together through the word, and then we also pray with each other. And we can pray with each other to pray for God's goodness and for God's encouragement and for God's spirit to strengthen us when we need that kind of endurance. So let us hold fast to the confession of our faith. Every week we do that. Every week we affirm, yes, Jesus is Lord. When we go through the rest of our week in a world that affirms that Jesus is not Lord, here we affirm that and we hold to the confession of our faith. So that's the first thing. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. And that's the power of the community, that we do that and we can encourage each other towards that. But the second thing is this. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works. How do we stir up one another? How do we walk with each other and stir up one another to love and good works? What do we do? Well, there are a couple of examples that for me have come to my mind, and it's just in the life of the GRX community. One of those examples that I've seen the way that we stir up one another to love and good works was what we, this, this basketball thing that we just finished called GRX Hoops. And if you were here last week, last week we just ended it. It was where we had about 60 or 80 kids out here playing basketball and running around. And then we had a bunch of you guys here refing the games, uh, coaching the kids. And it was super cool. I'll just describe it a little bit if you, if you didn't happen to be here. We took kids as young as like, what, like four years old, I think, and they were playing on these mini basketball hoops, kind of running back and forth, and it was cute. If you've ever seen like four-year-olds try to play basketball, they don't really know like what's up. They just have the ball, and they're just like little, and they're just running around, and they're just running around, and they're just shooting the ball, they're traveling, and all this kind of stuff, and so they're just like really cute. So we had um, three guys, particularly, who were kind of coaching, kind of reffing. And I'd have to say, um, sort of size-wise, I think they're like the biggest guys we have here at GRX. So it was James, and it was Ivan, and I think it was Vic. So these guys, I'm not going to call you guys out, but if you guys know who these guys are, these guys are the mountain guys here at GRX. So we had these little four-year-olds, and then we had these big guys, and they were like, I was just seeing these guys, and they were so much about stirring up these four-year-olds to play in basketball, and these big guys all over the court going, yeah, good shot, good shot, good shot, and these four-year-olds running around with the ball, and they had big smiles on their faces, And I said, man, what these three men at GRX are doing are modeling what it means 
to be a Christian man. These three men are not doing kind of the cultural, stereotypical kind of way that you coach basketball, where like, you know, the stereotypical coach, the coach that's there and he's kind of angry dad. (laughs) Come on, how come you don't know how to dribble? Come on, pass to the guy that's open. They were not being the stereotypical cultural coaching dad at all. These three men, big men, powerful men, men full of testosterone, (laughs) took their manhood, took their leadership, and said, man, how do I bless these little kids? And by doing that, and by loving these little kids on the basketball court, They are stirring in their lives the ways for them to grow up and to be loving men. They were modeling what it meant to be a loving man around sports. If you've ever got any kids in sports, you've ever seen people in sports, one of the things that I think I'd love to see on the field of play is more loving men in the arena of sports. But hey, another way that I would see our GRX community stirring up people to love and to good works is something that a few of us got to do yesterday when we went out to City Team. And the City Team ministry that we do here at GRX is that we go down to uh, North 13th Street and City Team is a ministry that reaches out to the homeless in the San Jose area and beyond. And what we do as a church is we go down and we do a barbecue, we serve a lunch to them, and then all homeless people come in and then they come and eat. We serve them. They're the guests that are there. We spend time talking with them and hanging out with them. And what we also do is we support this wider ministry of what City Team is doing. They've got a a residential program And they take men and women who are trying to get off the street and they put them into a program where there's training, rehabilitation, and they live there at the city team uh, headquarters. And so our participation, we come in, we bring the food, and we serve. We serve the people in the residential program and we serve the people that just come riding off the street. We talk to them, pray with them. It's a way for us to love people because Jesus calls us to do that. But this was the cool thing that happened yesterday. You know, served about 120 meals, probably had about 60, 80 people come on out. People from the residential program and then people that were just homeless on the street. But this was the cool thing. And this is what it means to stir up one another to love and good works. Served this great meal. We had the famous Winfred pulled pork and coleslaw, the buns, ah, really good, really good. Six hours, cook that pulled pork at 190 degrees, just falls right off the bone. It was great. It was really great. This is what happened afterwards, right? So we cleaned up, we cleaned up, we put everything away. Um, I'm walking to my car. Uh, Evelyn and the kids, we're going there. And I'm kind of following these guys that have come out of City Team. Now, if you've ever 
um, been down to City Team or you've worked with homeless uh, guys before, uh, you'll notice that some of the guys um, in City Team they 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 look a little they look a little rough. Um, you know, if you if you've ever you know seen guys coming off the street and you know, so one thing is that th- these guys they got a lot of a lot of tattoos, and you're like, whoa. And I remember one guy walking. I was walking behind him. Um, and he had all these tattoos on his calf. And then there's like six guys. And they were, again, kind of big guys. They looked like they had been pumping a lot of iron. And they had tattoos. And they were walking. And I knew that they had been a part of the city team um, program. And then I noticed of these seven guys, one of the guys had a Bible. And I was like, that's kind of interesting. These seven big guys got tats on, walking down the street, leaving city team. One guy's got a Bible. I'm like, that's really interesting. So we walk and we're walking, and I'm just like, because I knew they were in city team. I was just like, all right, see you guys, see you later. And they turn around and they said, oh man, hey, you guys were serving, right? You guys are doing the food? We said, yeah, we were doing the food. And he goes, man, that pulled pork was so awesome. I said, thanks. He goes, yeah, man, it was so good. I ate two of them. I was like, yeah, that's all good. And he goes, and so they were just, thank you, thank you. And I said, hey, you're welcome, you guys. It's, just, it's our pleasure to do it. And then he goes, hey, you know, that fueled us. That gave us the fuel for today. I said, what are you guys doing this afternoon? And they go, we're going down to the river. Going down to the creek. And I'm like, what's down at the creek? Now, some of you guys know what's down at the creek, right? What's down at the creek are other homeless people. And I said, what you guys going to do down at the creek? And they go, we're going to go down and pray with people. We're going to go down and love people in Jesus' name. And he said, you guys fed us and gave us the strength. And now we're going to go down and bless some people. We're going to bring the Bible and we're going to pray with them. And let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promises faithful. And then let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. When we live our Christian life and we bless other people and serve other people, it stirs them up to love and good works. And it stirs people up in ways that we don't even know. And our food at City Team stirred up our brothers at City Team to then go on and bless other people. Stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The day, meaning the end of life, the end of all things that we know on earth. As that draws near, let us encourage one another. And this is the last thing I want to say. I want to look at how can we as a community encourage one another. 
And so for that, I'm just going to share a couple of things that are coming up in the life of GRX. Because for me, it's so important that we be disciples, Christ's followers in the real world. And that we as a church equip one another to do that. And so coming up in mid-September, we're going to launch something that's new. And you've seen advertisements for it. And it's called Life Groups. What does it mean to live life as a follower of Jesus Christ? Mid-September, we're launching these. And they're going to meet for 10 weeks. We're going to start it with three courses, three classes that we're going to highlight. One of the things that we're going to highlight is the Alpha course. And this is a course that's for people that are agnostic, people that aren't Christians, people that are exploring the faith, people who are friends of ours, people who we love, people who we know have integrity, intellectual integrity, people who wonder, people who are thoughtful, but they just go, hey, you know, I don't know about faith. I don't really know about Christianity, but I'd be up for and open to exploring something like this. Who is Jesus? What is faith? Is the Bible actually reliable? These are the kinds of questions that are going to get raised and then just openly discussed in the Alpha Course. It's one of the three life groups that we're offering. It's going to start in mid-September. So that's going to start up. If, if you're interested in that, sign-ups are open right now online. The other thing that we're offering is this other class. It's on finance and budgeting. I don't know one person who doesn't grapple with what does it mean to spend their money. What does it mean to be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ with respect to our money? A lot of people that I talk to are actually in bondage about their money. They're anxious about their money. I mean, one of the ironies of being in the South Bay and in Silicon Valley, I mean, we live in one of the most affluent places in the world. We live in one of the most affluent places in the world. And yet, when I talk with people, and maybe this happens too, when you talk with people and you scratch a little bit below the surface and you ask people, hey, what's going on? What are you stressed about? What wakes you up at four in the morning because you're worried about it? Or three in the morning? Or 2.30 in the morning? It's not the earthquake that you all felt last (laughs) night, right? It's that earthquake you feel in your soul because you don't feel like you have enough money, right? It's bondage. So the second life group that we're offering is about finance and budgeting. And it's not just going to be about, it's not going to be about like, how do you invest in your 401k or sock money away for your kids in your 529? It's not going to be about that. It's going to be about how do we as Christians get some freedom 
around our money? How do we as Christians take this thing, this resource, this incredible gift that God has given us, and how do we steward it in such a way that we have freedom around it for our money? Boy, I don't know. If if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ and you're looking to say, man, how do I grow in my discipleship? I would say money is one of these huge ways that I think all Christians can grow. So that's that's the second life group. And then the third one we're going to offer is one on uh, parenting. Parenting. What does it mean for us as followers of God to parent well? Who is God as our Heavenly Father? How does God as our Father parent us? And how do we parent our kids? And maybe we don't have kids yet, but maybe we're hoping someday to have kids. And if that is on your mind and on your heart and God's stirring you that way, whether you have kids or not, I'd encourage you to come to that. If you're thinking about that, maybe you're a single person, but you've got nieces and nephews who you are spending significant time with. Man, what does it mean for you as an adult to exercise your authority and discipline children in a way that encourages them and leads them towards godliness. Parenting is this incredible crucible where we actually get to grapple with our own discipleship. I know parents are out there. I'm not going to call any parents out, but I'm just going to ask you parents, honestly, have you guys ever struggled with being patient with your kids? I know I have. I love my kids. But sometimes, man, let me just say, I love my kids. <laughs> anyway, if you want to explore parenting, and what does it mean to parent, not only just how do we love our kids with godly parenting, but what is God doing in our own heart, and our own mind? What kind of discipleship journey does God have us on as parents? Let me encourage you to come to that. That all falls under this, encouraging one another. We at GRX want to be a kind of a church that holds fast to the confession of our hope, which is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We want to be the kind of church that stirs up one another and stirs up other people to love and good works. And then third, GRX, we want to be a kind of a church that encourages one another to be Christ followers where we are. And that's why we're going to offer the life groups. All those groups, you can sign up right now online. I think we might even have a sign-up table after church today. But I encourage you to take this seriously and to take our community, GRX, seriously. This is a place where we together are going to grow in Jesus Christ for his glory, and for his kingdom. Amen. Let me offer a prayer for us. Lord Jesus Christ, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you, God, that we can worship you because you are the true God. And God, as much as we are able, we want to come and worship you today. We just want to worship you, God, as much as we are able. 
And God, for folks that are here that maybe are just wondering, are you true? Are you real? God, I pray that somehow, that by your spirit, you would move us a little bit more forward to say, yeah, maybe you are. And maybe I want to explore a little bit more about who you are at this Alpha Course. And God, for folks that are here that are maybe struggling around money or anxious about it, just never feel like we've got enough, we scratch a little bit under and go, God, man, I'm so much in bondage around my money. God, I pray that you just open up this opportunity to go to this finance class and to discover who we are free in you and how do we deal with our money. And God, if there's some of us that just need a little bit of support, a little bit of hope, and a little bit of help around parenting, God, I pray that this parenting resource would be an encouragement to us that we, God, might live into the kind of people and the kind of parents you want us to be. God, I lift up our church, GRX. God, may you, God, grow us into the church, the community, and the disciples and the followers that you want us to be for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.